We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. I hope that it can occur in a, a civil way, and I, 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 I mean civil in a special way, I, peaceful. The biggest question, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decade, will be what to do with all these useless people. I just see the need for such a dialogue, and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset. We are 47 months into two weeks to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside the fan favorite. You know him, you love him. He's back for another week somewhere between iconic and psychotic. Marty Foster. Marty, how are you? Oh, I'm I'm jolly well. Thank you for asking. Um, miserable bloody weather, but other than that, all fine and dandy. How about you? I'm doing okay, considering it's the middle of the afternoon. It is a nice, sunny, bright day here, I have to say. It is it is quite pleasant. I don't have any complaints. Uh, so I, I can't really say one way or the other. I I just I I like this kind of weather. I I wish it was a little bit warmer though. A tick warmer would be would be a little bit better. Obviously, I, I don't mind it being cold. It, it's just the rain. But you need the rain. But I also need a few dry days to strip off all the rotted wood around the gunnels of the tender I've been given and fit new wood and a pair of rollocks. That's the bit that oars go into for those that don't know. Fit a transom board and get the bloody thing in the water so uh i can sell it then <laughs> so yeah i just need some some nice dry days nice dry days well it is england after all and as a mutual friend of ours in leicester had had once told me so wise as he is he said if it is not raining in england then there is something wrong yeah but that man also views pork pies as health food Really? I, that I did not know about him. Actually, you did attend a wedding of another mutual friend of ours with him, and you did have to help him tie his tie, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah um, look, I don't want to be elitist, uh, but I think every man should know how to do a tie-up. But he's, uh, but, in all fairness, in all fairness, he's he's a he's a blue-collar worker. He's a working man. He doesn't have time to tie a tie, so I don't blame him for that. Well, I used to say... Uh, before I became a white-collar worker myself, that the reason that management were so stupid is because those neckties were cutting off blood flow to the head uh, and causing brain damage. Um, but, yeah, I haven't worn a tie, uh, apart from at weddings and certain other occasions, for quite some time. I used to wear a tie every day into the office, but since lockdown, hybrid working... You're lucky if I get dressed at all, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, armors. I, I can do a whole day's work and hold high-level meetings without video in my pajamas. It's fantastic. But it, it, again, it's all part of the decay. Um, that simple, um, you know, pride in one's appearance. I've, I have made a few notes 
to talk about today. And I don't know where I was going with this, but I've said, why do celebrities look so good all the time? And I've been trying to figure that out. It's because they've do got... They no, do well, they Well, until they're on a decline, case in well, it's, point... it's not even on a decline. I, for, let's just take an example of that, okay? I saw a picture yesterday of... Uh, what's the the singer woman that's... Uh, uh, what's her name? She's she's all famous and everything. Um, Adele? No, no, no. Jennifer something or other. Jennifer um, Lopez? Lopez, that's the one. I saw a picture of her without any of her face thing done, and I thought, wow, that's not even the same person. Well, you know, that uh, that is why women wear makeup and perfume. So poor old J-Lo. So J-Lo's not looking too good, is she? Uh, no, not from what I saw yesterday. I saw a picture out of the Daily Fail, and she got caught walking with somebody in, in somewhere, and she was in the sweat pants and the you know whatever it was just like she just rolled out you know rolled off the couch or something from an afternoon nap and didn't yeah. even bother to you know but when we see most celebrities most of the time they look immaculate they're full of energy they've got bright skin bright eyes energetic chatter on these various talk shows and the rest of it but that's because they've got all day to worry about what they're going to wear um do their uh moisturizing routines eat you know the best of foods and the, and and have the best dietitians so they do tend to look good i mean i told you i've already bored you with this but i'll bore the listeners i went on a spa day the other day and i haven't had uh, a decent spa day massage probably since i left you know definitely since i left the middle east so it's you know we're talking six seven years now and i'm full of aches and pains uh, heavy lifting caused me to hurt my back and my shoulders. And when my good lady suggested a spa day, I went, yeah, I'm bang up for that. I need it. So we went and we had a, a nice long swim, followed by a sauna, followed by a massage. And I felt great. All the aches and pains and knots had, had gone out of my back and neck. And then the following day, I did my mother-in-law a favour and installed a storage heater. Now, for those who don't know, storage heaters contain heavy bricks. So I first of all had to remove the old one and remove all those heavy bricks that store the heat, fit the, the new one to the wall, wire it in, then replace put all the new bricks into the new one. So a day later, all that good work done by the massage was completely wrecked. My back and shoulders and my abdoms all hurting again. And it's no wonder I, we'd actually booked an electrician to do this work, but he turned it down. Electricians do not like uh, installing storage heaters, despite the fact that they're very economic and uh, environmentally friendly and cheap to run. Electricians don't want to install them because it's an arsake. So, uh, yeah. If I was a celebrity, I'd have definitely been able to pay double or triple to get that electrician to do the work. So all the effort from my spa day would not have been wasted in the space of 24 hours. That's a lot of very personal waffle. So what do you want to talk about now? Well, I thought since you were on the subject of celebrities and, and white collars and blue collars and whatever collar shirt you wear and all the rest of it and looking good, um, I thought we could talk about this individual here. Um 
Jacob Rothschild has died at the age of 87. You know, Mr. Two Fingers in the in the King of England, you know that one? Yeah, he's, yeah as we said in one. prep, if that big-eared prick had have poked me in the chest like that, he'd have been deficient two fingers immediately afterwards, especially if I was King of England or about to be. Who the hell does he think he is? Well, obviously, well, he, he knows who he thinks he is. <laughs> yeah, there you go. He's, he's the man with all the money, and that's the problem. We've allowed these kind of parasites to accumulate the wealth. And they've done so by underhand means that no one's been able to stand against uh, because most of the time people aren't even aware it's happening to them. You mentioned the other day, uh, I think it was with Ned, talking about government money and do governments actually create any money, generate money, or is it all taxpayers? And you could not think of a single place where the government generates the money. Correct. Uh, but where was I when you and I first started talking about 15, 16 years ago now? You were in the Middle East, in the United Arab Emirates. Correct. And the country doesn't have, uh, or didn't have at the time, income tax. It does now. And it's only at about 1.5%, maybe as much as 5% for expat um, residents, not the citizens. And... Because the government is also the royal family of the seven emirates, they own all the land. So the oil revenue actually belongs to them. So that's they fair. do, okay, in, that, they do indeed generate I guess Saudi, their I guess own money. Saudi would, yeah, I guess Saudi would be the same. Yeah, the, the royal yeah, family of uh, Saudi. Okay. To, to a certain extent, obviously... It's it's one of those one of those things where yes, the government does generate the money and it disperses it in in a in a very clever way to make sure that its actual citizens remain docile and happy. Um, it's it's one of the first examples. What is it called? The universal credit or something like that? Universal basic income. Universal basic income. It it's kind it's kind of a forerunner of that. But what they also did was uh, give land, rubbish land, land with no oil under it, uh, away every time uh, a man got married so that he would have some industrial type land, some commercial land, uh, residential and agricultural. So things were distributed fairly evenly, but not in any kind of level where someone could get super rich. Apart from one thing, stupidity, um, the, the, the stupid amongst us. And being stupid is like being dead. You don't, you know, when you're stupid, oh, sorry, when you're dead, you don't know you're dead. And when you're stupid, you don't know you're stupid. A lot of people sold their land to people who were not stupid. And they did indeed become quite rich. Uh, and this is what's happened with the bloody Rothschilds. They had something and were able to start buying everything up. Uh, and somewhere at, uh, at some point, someone should have realized, now enough's enough. Your family is becoming too powerful. You're a threat to everybody. We're going to put a stop to it. You can go and live your lives in peace. How many times have I said, if, if uh, particularly on the podcast, if I got rich enough, you would never see me in an office working ever again. I would yeah. just go and enjoy what I had. Well, these individuals, they don't know how to enjoy money. They don't know how to enjoy their success. They don't, they don't 
think the way we think and as such they just get off on making more and more wealth and power mm. so the fact that he's he's passed at 87 uh, i think that's um i think that's probably about i don't know 47 years too bloody late yeah yeah well i think uh i want to say it was his one of his sons uh nathan de rothschild i think he passed last year if you recall uh at he around, was younger wasn't he he was he was, he was he was late 40s early 50s uh something like that uh but this this is a clip of uh of jacob rothschild himself oh big ears what does he want yes oh, oh big ears well you said that they don't think as we think and i wonder if it might have something to do with it this is rothschild talking a little bit about his family history. And Baron James, who was head of the Paris branch and the youngest of the five sons of our Amtel Rothschild, gave an astonishingly uninhibited description of the 19th century Rothschild policy of keeping it in the family. I'll quote to you from what he wrote and make you smile. In our family, we've always tried to keep love in the family. <laughs> in this sense, it was more or less understood since childhood that children would never think of marrying outside the family so that our fortune would never leave it. <laughs> you couldn't write that today. <laughs> you couldn't write that today. No. Um, we, Like I say, we've allowed them uh, to to get that powerful uh, and we've, we've talked about it in the past all that someone like uh napoleon and his brother needed was a couple of of newspapers to spread certain things then you look at currently if you've got a few million you can soon turn that into a few billion you know just by you saying those few things right there Right. So you just need a couple of newspapers as Napoleon and his brother did. OK, so just a couple of newspapers, a few million into a few billion. The only thing that ticks in my head, that ticks over in my head when you say that is George Soros. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what he does. But you look at Sunak at the moment, our erstwhile unelected prime minister. He's under investigation now for the amount of money he had invested. I think it was Moderna. Did he have and, stock in Moderna? Oh, yeah. Really? Okay, that's must. That's new news to me. I haven't heard that yet. Yeah, uh, and that's all coming out now. That's something else that Bridgeton Andrew is um, is going to be pushing through Parliament. But who's investigating them? Who's instigating it? And is it all going to turn out to be whitewashed uh, and and sanitized? Because I I don't trust any element of of the country's government judiciary, uh, law enforcement at the moment, because they're all being told what to do. So if he is under investigation, is it going to be like the COVID investigation where the totally wrong questions were asked and no one actually pressed hard enough on the things that were so obviously wrong and obviously corrupt? So it, it remains to be seen. I, I, I'm 
I can't take it as good news that he's under investigation because I don't see the investigation going anywhere. Right. You mentioned a couple of things. I want to go, I want to get into the political corruption. I do want to get into that. Uh, But do you want to, because you mentioned universal basic income. I don't want to gloss over that. Uh, I have a clip of Elon Musk talking about UBI and how it's going to be necessary. Do you think it's necessary? Do do you agree with that statement? I mean, I, I, I tend to agree with that statement because of the advancements that we're making as in like technological advancements. You're going to start seeing a lot of people out of work. You're going to see automation, robotics, AI, and and all the rest of it come in. So I do think that we're going to lose a lot of people in the workforce. But as far as um, a universal basic income, do we go that route? What do you What do you think? I'll ask you first before I play the clip. I think that it's not a necessity um, if we don't allow in in a kind of contemporary luddite fashion for AI and automation to destroy livelihoods. We need to reject it at every level. You had Tech Tuesday earlier this week with with Bruce, and you were talking about how alternatives for chips um, are needed. And you were were talking about the the diamond and... Graphene. Is it graphene? Yeah, and graphene combinations. Yes. But there's, there's another combination or another way that they that I'm sure they are already researching and that's bio cells biochips yes yeah that's true uh, so and, crisp, the, and storage crystals as well so yes yeah which of course won't need a battery or won't won't need a, a lithium-ion battery to run it all it needs is sugar believe it or not if you had a power pack, which was just basically a way of turning sugar into energy that could be used by biocells, which are your processing elements, that's the way it could go if they're if they're looking that way. And again, I'm no expert. I'm I'm just I'm I'm just spitballing that. But is universal basic income necessary? No, it's not. Uh, if if we stop the rot we don't need to automate everything we don't need to use ai to solve every problem so mr musk who's he talking to there that looks like an emirati rather than a saudi it is um, uh al Jir- uh al Jir- that's the best i can do there right okay anyway yeah, let's hear what he has to say this is him on ubi a few jobs that a robot cannot do better okay what to do about mass unemployment? This is going to be a massive social challenge. Um, and I think ultimately we will have to have some kind of universal basic income. I don't think we're going to have a choice. Universal basic Un- income. Universal basic income. I think it's going to be necessary. So it means that unemployed people will be paid across the globe. Yeah. Because there is no job. Machine, robot is taking over. Um, that, that's simply the, the... And I want to be clear that these, these are not uh, things that I think that I wish would happen. These are things, simply things that I think probably will happen. Um, and since, and if, they, if, if, if my assessment is correct and they probably will happen, then we need to say, what are we going to do about it? And I think some kind of a universal basic income is going to be necessary. Um, now, the output, the output of goods and services will be extremely high. Um, so with automation, um, they, will, they will come abundance. Um, there will be, uh, almost everything will get 
very cheap. Um, the uh, it's, so it's, it, I think the, the bigger I think we'll just end up doing uh, universal basic income. It's going to be necessary. Um, the, the the harder challenge, much harder challenge, is how do people then have meaning? Like a lot of people, they derive their meaning from their employment. So if you don't have if, if you're not needed, if there's not a need for your labor, how do you, how, what's the meaning? You, do, you, do you have meaning? Do you feel useless? These are much, that's a much harder problem to deal with. That room in which he is delivering those thoughts to are full of people wearing kandoras and kudra and igals who already treat their populaces in that way. Their country's major export uh, and product is petrochemicals. Yes, they've got loads of land that they're not using on the surface uh, that they've built businesses in. They've tried to uh, expand into uh, the leisure world. But it's not Qataris, Emiratis, Saudis who are waiting tables, you know, providing hotel services. They're all, inverted commas, managers. Um, it's it's the rest of the poor, hard-up uh, world that flock to those countries because they get a decent wage in that country, which is probably three times what they can earn in their own country. But for their actual Emirati, Saudi, Qatari, QAT populaces, they're already on a kind of universal basic income. So the thoughts that he's giving there, all they're thinking is, we won't need the Afghans, we won't need the Filipinos, we won't need the Pakistanis, we won't need the British, we won't need the Americans, we won't need the Canadians, and we can keep more of our money for ourselves because at the moment they have to pay foreign workers to do their, their dirty work or their difficult work for them. So, yeah. That, that message from Musk would have been very well received in that room. I'm sure that it would have. All right, on to uh, the political corruption. I wanted to get into this. Now, there are councils across the UK that are going bust, as in they've got uh, financial problems and they're cash strapped and they've got budget deficits and everything else. And they just, yeah, they, they just don't know what to do. They're trying to manage everything and, and they have a really tough job. Well, I thought that this was quite fitting, seeing as how uh, you talked about how you can work from home, you can lead meetings and things in your pajamas if you have to. Mm -hmm. uh, well, you could also, in theory, you could also do that from abroad, but you don't. You do it from the comfort of your own home, as most people do. And especially if you are cash strapped or your business is cash strapped and they they limit travel and, and things of that nature, saying, oh, no, sorry, we can't send you here because the budget just doesn't allow for it. Or we can't send you here because, well, we're going to have this to account for at the end of the year and we don't have the time or the, the money to be able to send you there. So sorry about that. Oh, and we can't bring anyone here either. However, if you are a council employee in the UK, apparently you can travel unhindered, no problem, and you can do your job while you're there. A planner permanently in Australia, an IT worker in New Zealand, and a financier in France. Councils lay off dozens of staff, but they're working from beaches in all of these different countries doing their jobs from another part of the world. What do you think about that? I think that's uh, equality, diversity, and inclusion <laughs> -E at, at work at work there, or yeah, EDI, DI. Eddie, Eid, 
whichever way round you want to say it. Um, uh-huh. yeah. These individuals, when they advertise these jobs, they they quite often put them out onto things like LinkedIn or um, other, uh, you know, uh, global uh, networks, and people will apply. And if it ticks a diversity, equality, and inclusion box, then of course, yes, they're going to employ someone thousands of miles away from wherever that council is. Uh, so yeah, yeah, That's so hypocritical. Course. It's the like that that defeats the purpose of local politics, does it not? Well, local politics. Let's let's talk about that for a moment, shall we? Um, yeah, yeah. Right. Most people in the country like to have a. So this is the majority of people in the UK like to have a conservative constituency, as in it, it's represented by a conservative, but. They know that if they've got a Labour council, the Labour council will spend more money on local services. And the reason so many uh, councils are going bust, and most of those are Labour councils, is because they've been spending money hand over fist uh, on local services, so it would seem, and employing people thousands of miles away. But the money has, has dried up. And so these councils are going bust. Why are they going bust? They're going bust because of the losses they made during the pandemic, PPE, enforcing restrictions, uh, all of the things that where you know they couldn't hold events. For instance, a lot of local councils hold uh, public events, and that all generates money for that local council. They weren't possible because you couldn't gather in sufficient groups to make it worthwhile. So there was revenue lost there, but. The government, again, the the Tory government, have been cutting the the budgets of local councils because they're Labour, not Conservative. And it's tit for tat, party politics, point scoring, disabling your enemy in any way that they can. And, you know, it's no wonder that so many of these local councils have indeed gone bust. When you look at Let's say, all right, we had the, the crash in 2008, but a little while after that, the UK started to recover and recover quite well. We had almost cleared our national debt. We finished paying the Lend-Lease program off to the United States. So that was another big chunk of change. We were paying an absolute fortune into the EU. You know, we, we paid the second biggest amount after Germany. Um, into the European Union. And that £350 million a week is a real figure. That's kind of about how much we were paying into the EU. And we nearly cleared our debts. Then what happened? Then we got punished. We got punished by Europe for wanting to leave a club that hates us but loves our money. And that whole... A drawn out process of getting us out of Europe cost the UK billions. Not because we've left the EU, because we should have gone straight into World Trade Organization agreements and tariffs and so on and just carried on business as usual, but we didn't. Then you've got on top of that, you've got this mass illegal invasion that we're under with tens of thousands of people per year flooding into the UK illegally, not because we need their skills or need their labour, as 
Elon Musk just said we're we're running out of jobs because they're all getting automated. So we don't need we don't need people who can barely speak English. You're misconstruing yeah, what these boats are actually carrying, Marty. I'm sorry. You just you're yeah, misconstruing yeah. that. You're you're not seeing things clearly. No, because for the benefit of the listener, Johnny has put up a rib, rigid inflatable boat, quite a large one, um, which is <laughs> um carrying somewhere in the region of eighteen doctors, clearly. <laughs> Masks, scrubs, uh, all of which are um black gentlemen. Now I think that's either that's either a mock-up or that oh, might an, be a, a it's an a ai team. generated it's an ai yeah, generated yeah. image that you see the uh you see the navigator there he's the surgeon you see that back there yeah yeah so we yeah we got punished by covid and the money in the country was all pissed up the wall on ppe that wasn't required on nightingale hospitals that weren't required our uh, we industry was hit the high street middle level businesses were hit by the pandemic and the revenue just decreased and decreased. And then we've got giving all our money uh, in the form of aid and actual cash to Ukraine. So all of these things have gone to break our economy in the last few years. And so, yes, it's no wonder that local councils are going bust. Uh, and the very fact that they're employing people in New Zealand and Australia and all over the world uh, to remote work is is disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. Those one jobs actually, should be just sorry. One was actually spotted on a beach in Dubai on a holiday there or not a holiday, but on a, you know, just working from there and just just staying there. Yeah, that was from uh, Aberde Aberdeen. Does that sound right? Aberdeen. Up north. Yeah. yeah, up north. Yeah, uh huh. That, that's Scotland. Yeah quite a nice part of Scotland, actually. It doesn't surprise me, but it does disgust me. Speaking of the uh, the, the migration crisis, uh, there was a British Airways supervisor that is now on the run in India. <laughs> he, he took flight. He was, a, he was a Heathrow employee, worked at the check-in desk for five years, and he organized a three million pound immigration scam. He was one of the people that just allowed them to just, you know, flow right on through. No checks, no nothing. Just come right on in. That's fine. And he was getting cash under the table and he made legs with three million pounds off to India. Yeah. Uh, and when we discussed this in prep, I said, uh, have they got the actual man's name uh, in nope, print? Because they failed to mention that. <laughs> yeah. Because I bet you it's not Smith, Jones, Brown, Stevens, or any of those kind of names. I imagine that he's probably an Indian gentleman himself. And uh, again, I've no proof for that. I'm just guessing by the fact that they've omitted to mention his name. On my occasions going through passport control in Heathrow and a little while ago, I, I was on quite a few flights backwards and forwards from the Middle East and recent holidays as well. But um, it amazes me that there's so many Eastern Europeans sat behind the desks in British Border Force uniforms checking my passport. Okay, that must have uh, changed. That must have because when I would when I would go through Heathrow for for customs and border control, then I would usually get uh it would usually be Indians or or something of that nature or Pakistani or, or something like that. that's that's the nationality that I would be dealing with. Obviously they would speak it, English, it, but it's it's um yeah, and and why? Why is that? I'll tell you why that is. It's because London and the housing estates in Greater London have turned into ghettos 
where you've got either um, a concentrated Pakistani, Indian, Bangladeshi, Sri Lankan population. And of course, those people live close to the airports and have applied for the jobs and got them. That's it. You you can't have people uh, applying for jobs and then commuting a couple of hundred miles every day to get into an airport. They have to live near where their job is. That's just common sense. So there will be an awful lot of those people. Not only that, those that are bilingual, they serve a great purpose because you've got so many different people coming across the border legally. Um, and if there's a problem, you may need to speak to them in their native tongue. So that does make sense. However, I just it's, it's just my arrogance, probably my innate racism. Uh, but then again, the Eastern Europeans are Caucasian, the same race as me. But it mortally offends me that I'm having my travel documents scrutinised by someone who only came into the country one, two, maybe three years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, we're seeing more and more police, female Ukrainians, for instance, joining our police force, strongly accented, you know, English, talking to people on the streets. How How is that even happening? Yeah, okay, we are a diverse culture. Um, multi- multiculturalism doesn't work, we know that. And yes, if these people are here legally, then they are as entitled to apply for those jobs as anybody else who, whose family names are on Magna Carta, for instance. But yeah, this is the other problem. Look at our parliament. Suella Braverman, uh, Rajid Javid, um, Rishi Sunak. That's no, Sir. Um, hold on, hold on. You, you made it. You made a mistake. I have to correct it. It is Sir Sajid Javid now. He's been knighted. No, the way I spell it is C-U-R, Kerr, man's oh, I, dog. Oh, I got <laughs> Okay. Our parliament is overrun with either, well, they're, they're all second generation immigrants and they have made it their life's goal to to be in politics. And it's just indicative of how we've let these things happen. British, voted, British voters needed to be aware that they couldn't sit on their laurels because um, particularly Muslim block votes, all organised through the the Majid, through the um, the mosques at the weekend. Right, we've got a, a by election on Thursday. We're all voting this way. Okay, yes, okay, and that's what's happened. So they're being represented, and they're using their franchise to the best of their ability. Something that Bruce said in Tech Tuesday, because uh, well, you were talking about votes. And you were talking about, um, was it Tech Tuesday? Anyway, it doesn't matter, but it was something you guys were talking about. And he said not everyone should be registered to vote because a lot of people aren't clever enough to know which way to vote. I strongly disagree with that. Everyone needs to be registered to vote. The problem you have in America is you don't have voter ID and therefore counting the votes becomes problematical because you don't know exactly who's voted. We actually Um, do have voter ID. I'd just like to point that out. We just don't. In in certain areas, it's not respected or enforced. I, I have to be honest. Every single time I've ever voted in the United States, I have to show my picture identification in my local 
polling station where I'm registered and and on the the voter rolls to vote. And the woman who was working the polls literally shared a common fence with me in my backyard growing up my entire life. She knew who I was, but yet I still but had to show my picture ID. They're not checking everybody's, are they? No, they're not, no, checking not across the country. No, not across the country, no. No. Uh, and uh, recently... I got an email saying I'm no longer registered to vote at my address. And if I want to vote, I will have to um, go back online and re-register. And thought, hang on, I haven't changed it since the last time I voted. Why am I suddenly not on the register? Someone somewhere is playing silly beggars, as we like to say, and it actually taken me off. You know, they disenfranchised me. And I had to, to, to physically go back online and register myself again at my own address, which I've lived at for a very long time. So, um, yeah, everyone needs to be, who's old enough, needs to be registered. And that register is what determines whether or not an election is is uh, fair and lawful. So we can't complain if we've got uh, lots of Indians, Pakistanis, West Indians, Eastern Europeans, Africans in our parliament, it's because we've allowed that to happen. And their communities have got together, made sure they all voted in the right direction for them. And we are slowly but surely uh, losing our cultural identity as a country because we're not being led by people of our culture. I'd just like to point out, um, before I play this clip of Suella Braverman, I'd like to point out that um, I've never seen a dog with as shiny of a head as Sajid Javid. Uh, yeah, he's got a very shiny coat, hasn't he? He, he does. Um, yeah, he's a very shiny head. So anyway, here's uh, here's Braverman on the issue that you're speaking about. If you take a, a hard, honest look at our country, uh, we have towns and cities around the United Kingdom where multiculturalism has failed, where communities are living parallel lives, where people come here and they don't speak the language, where they come here and they don't want to take part in British life. They don't want to integrate. And in fact, they they actively loathe uh, what Britain stands for. And they are in Britain, but not of Britain. Yeah, there's, there's nothing. Uh, see, this is why I felt confident enough to say what I just said, because I don't deny her right to stand as a member of parliament. She was voted in in a country even this country where the um i think the voting system is uh, robust and holds up to scrutiny um but everything she just said is 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 reinforcing what i said that we are allowing our culture to be undermined we've allowed uh oligarchs and the ultra rich to get even richer and have more influence than they are entitled to have you know, the Terry Pratchett had this thing about the patriarch of um, Ankh-Morpork, the main city in, in the books, in, in the Discworld novels. And it was one man, one vote. And the patrician, he's the one man and he had the one vote. Yeah. Uh, and we've allowed our overly privileged, ultra rich to have too much influence. And now we are allowing our culture to be undermined by having a government full of first or second generation um, immigrants uh, that that don't think the way we think, that don't really care. At least Suella there 
uh, and although she's a despicable Tory, um, feels the same way as I do. So despite her Indian heritage, she identifies as British. Um, and, and as we're in the world of identity politics, I think that's very important. And I would fight to the death anyone who denies her right to identify as British. That's well said, my friend. Do you have any final thoughts before we end for the day, before you get away for the week? Well, that didn't go quite the way I was expecting it to go, but um, I did have something. Oh, yeah. Same subject, really. You talked about Camilla Harris talking about activating... Did you say Cam- uh, Camilla or or Chlamydia? I can't remember which one, which one did you say. I think I think she identifies as both. Okay, all right, just um, making sure. Yeah, but she uh, talking about activating that choice of word, activating student votes uh, and student uh, monitors for uh, elections. So the word activist um, has become a bad word because you know it's always act. Yeah, we I've. I've heard and listened to uh, the chants from these these people. Yeah. Uh, for, for well, is that what you call term. them? Because they look like they just picked one out of every loser yeah. group, you know, and then they just threw them yeah. all together. But um, Corbyn tried the same thing, if you if you recall, before the, the general election that saw Boris Johnson elected, where he was saying there's going to be free Wi-Fi, there's going to be this for students, that for students, we're going to do away with all student debt trying to attract that group, uh, that demographic. And it didn't work for him. And I don't think it's going to work for for Harris and the Demorats in the US either. So it's it's part of the playbook. Ignore the the more mature people um, who might have an element of critical thinking. Grab those young minds while they can and subvert them nice and early. Well, my friend, it's been a great conversation. I will see you next week, yes? Yes, you will. I um, hopefully will have had a dry day or two and and will be um, ebullient, is that the word? Ebullient about all the things I've achieved thanks to the dry weather. Well, I wish you happy welding, my friend, and I will speak to you probably on the weekend, if not until next week. So for those of you who are interested in supporting us, if you would like to consider becoming one of our paid subscribers and or contributing a small donation to us, the link will be in the program description down below. Thank you very much. That'll do it for us for today and for this week. Thank you for being here today, my friend. Thank you to all of the listeners. God bless everyone and have a great evening. 